Welcome back to Out of Your League, everybody. Everybody, hi, Mark. Everybody, hi, Will. Hi, how are you doing, friend? I'm great, thanks. Good. Uh, we're joined this week by the final piece in our uh, Burgess Jigsaw. What a wonderful jigsaw that is. Mm. You could sell a Burgess Jigsaw, I reckon, in big, parts of Yorkshire and parts of Australia. Yeah, it'd be big. What, what, what picture would it be, do you think? It'd be the them all together them. in the yeah, playing in, the in that game in the NRL. Yeah. Would it be a complex jigsaw, lots of pieces? or just The head pieces would be, there'd be lots four. of pieces for the heads, wouldn't Nice it? and simple. Like big heads, like four big heads. Yeah. Um, we've had Sam, we've had George. Formula. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, who is the other one we've had? If you, were you listening? We've had Sam, we've had George. Uh, Thomas. Yes, we had Tom and Thomas uh, on this podcast over the years. Uh, and we now finally have the sexiest little bugger of the all. The older all. statesman. Look at him. Look at him. Big, thick. What does he, what does he look like? He looks like a sort of a, some sort of big, statue, big doesn't sow. he? Like big a Greek, set. Greek god or something like that. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? Greek god. Big from, Greek Adonis. From li- liver sledge. All right, let's just get on with it, shall we? <laughs> is that, is there Why are you so big, in Luke Burgess? You look, um, you look bigger and better and sexier and healthier and fresher than ever. Just uh, big bones. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he, Mark? Doesn't he? he Describe well, him for the, well. for the listeners and people who aren't Shall watching. Paint a picture for, paint a picture for me. Yeah. Paint, paint a mental um, picture for me. He's got big, chunky, uh, hairless legs. Yeah. He's got a nice, thick torso. Yeah. Big, muscular arms. What sort of chest size are we talking? That's 50, Ooh, is it? No, 48. 48 and a half, yeah. And then... What a face! Beautiful bit of face, sprinkle of face salt on top melt, of his melt angels. Well groomed hair, very <laughs> thick Brillo pad hair. This is a great intro, by the way. <laughs> um, yep. What of his teeth he's doing the old dab? And, and he is. <laughs> can you hold that microphone close to yourself, to your lips, please? Thank you, sir. Yeah, sure. Um, we we, um, we were talking about his legs. Actually, they are lasered. Yeah, his legs. He lasers everywhere apart from his um, beard and his head. Yeah. So apart from your beard, and my back, no back. You don't need to. Yeah. Apart you from your back, your beard, and your your hair, you full, you're hairless everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 Is yeah. that to be more? Is it streamlined? Do you want me to be? Do you want me to be really specific? Yeah. yeah. Specific. Yeah. Okay. So shaft, balls, um, <laughs> anus, yeah. legs, everywhere. But what's chest, the what's the, what's the under, reason? Underarms, armpits. What's the purpose? I just like to be streamlined. Quicker through yeah. the water. <laughs> I've always um, shaved my legs whilst I was playing. Just because we used to get strapping a lot and massage. Yeah. So I felt that it was nice to have smooth legs. Love it. I, Never enjoyed pulling the, the tape off when, yeah. when I had hairy legs. They feel good, the feel really good yeah. And then yeah. it just started uh, with my legs and then I just kept like going up like, and up. It's like addictive, I guess, is it? You just like, you start yeah. with your legs. It's and like, then it's then like a gateway drug, you're starting with yeah. your legs. And do you, then you ever do your hair, like your hair on your head? You're on your back. Never, never. No, you keep that. No, there's too much hair on my head to... Uh, sorry, Mark. It's, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a very good hairline, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. I'll take uh, it. Welcome, Luke Burgess. Thank you. That was a great welcome. intro. Very welcome. bit weird, but... Yeah, guys, welcome. Um, wh- who, who is your favourite Burgess, Mark? Luke. No, he's not. Um. <laughs> you already told me he's not before. <laughs> He did. Will, who's yours? Who's your favourite? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. We, we've had this, it has cropped up on the podcast a few times which one you'd save in a fire. Mm. I think we give different answers depending who's in front of us, but mm. the other three are, are miles away, aren't they? So, yeah. um, whichever's I, I think you. I think you would, Mark, if you were honest, that you'd say Tom, wouldn't you? Yeah, we had a special connection. But then I've known yeah. Sam the longest. Yeah. yeah, I think Sam's the least. I think Sam's number four for me. Yeah, but, then he's, he's <laughs> the, but he's the most famous as well. So yeah, but I, you, you're that. more into the fame thing. I just take them as I find them. No, I'd, I'm well into the fame. I'd go, yeah. I'd go, okay, let's, I'd go Sam four. Um, oh, I can't even answer because I like the other three so much. I can't separate them. But Sam's four. Um, <laughs> well, how about yourself? Yeah, how about you? Um, you put Sam one, wouldn't you? Come on, answer it honestly. Yeah, Sam's There's a fire. You've got, to get th- you've got to get them out, but in what order? Uh, so I just got a hedge order. Sam one. Yeah. Uh, hey Jordan, oh, who came out first out of the twins? 
Um, Which twin do you prefer? They're kind of similar, those two. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're identical. Go on, just give us a name. So who'd be last, basically? Um, at the moment, it got Sam, Tom, George. George, George is last, yeah. If you're yeah. listening, George, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been personal, just no, got it's... put on the spot. <laughs> uh, and you are fresh. I don't know how you've run a marathon, Luke Burgess, but you, you've just come off the finish line, not, not in the last few seconds, but over the weekend. <laughs> How, so what, what you weigh 115 kilograms and you're running marathons what are you doing that for uh well never ever thought i'd run marathons but uh it started last year when my good friend nick youngquest who i've been running with in australia he suggested that we run new york he was supposed to be on the podcast with you where is he he's in portugal um so he can see good, why he's probably not here <laughs> um Don't blame it. He, i had some good memories in new york max stag do yes. was over there 2017 probably. So um, any stories from that we can tell? Uh, yeah. Probably not, not not Anything not appropriate. Not no, think of yeah. um, but it was a great stag do, and then I thought it'd be a great experience to go and run. New so that York. was the reason to go and do the marathon. Was I just thought I wanted a challenge too. Uh, that was that was the the main part of it. I wanted a challenge. I was trying to do a bit of training, but never really had a goal. Mm. Um, and I thought it'd be cool to to tick off the marathon box. Mm. There's only one percent of the world's population that have run a marathon. Is that right? Yeah. Mark, have you run a marathon? No, I've done a half. Oh, so it's just me and Luke in the room. Anyone else behind the cameras? Kieran, no. no. So yeah, we're part of the 1%, Will. Yeah, we are. In this room, we're less than 1%. Um, and then, so it started with New York. Oh, uh, I never thought I'd run a marathon after New York. And then this one came up in Leeds for Rob, Rob Burrow and, and M&D. So that was obviously yeah. something that was quite close to my heart. Um, and Nick and I talked about putting that one in the calendar and we just managed to make it happen did Nick beat you he ran with me the whole way uh, who, who crossed first uh, we crossed together like the cute no but if we did yeah. a photo finish because that's awkward someone beat someone didn't they um, well you'll have to have, have to, to look get the, the footage well. there's, there is some <laughs> video footage I think yeah no we'll talk about it later because obviously it's an, it was an amazing story with Kevin Rob and carrying him over the line and we'll get to that later but how do you feel after that Do you, I remember doing mine all my nails fell off I couldn't walk for a Your few nails weeks fell off. my toenails yeah all of them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. Did you do much training for yours? Little bits. I mean, time, should we talk time? Should we get our dicks on the table? Yeah, yeah. yeah to what, <laughs> time? what time did you run? You go first, go on. <laughs> so I ran 3.58. So you got under four? Yeah, under four. Yeah, yeah. under four. 3.34. That's, that's, that's yeah. impressive. Was, that was a long time ago. That's 20, 2012, London, London 2012. Yeah. And then, and, then I did, and then I did one in Manchester five days after that. Did you? Yeah, did two in a week. That's why my nails fell off. Yeah. Not did nice. You, though, did, did you enjoy the training? Did you enjoy the Not journey, really. the experience? Mm, I, no, the the feeling when you cross is amazing, isn't it? Describe it. Go on. How when you get yeah. over the line? Were you emotional? I was quite. Obviously, you got so many reasons yeah. to be emotional. I was quite about. overwhelmed for this one. Um, obviously, uh, I was thinking about my dad quite a lot during that mm. that race, and um, it was really tough. It was actually quite a hilly route. Um, so it got it got really hard in parts of it, and then when I crossed the line, I was just exhausted and mm. uh, let, let a bit of emotion out. Um, and it was great to hang around there and see Kevin Rob cross the finish yeah. line not too long after too. Let's it, get it was very emotional, that wasn't it? Yeah, yeah especially yeah. for I know Kev a little bit, I know Rob a tiny bit, but having someone who probably shared a dressing room, took the field with those guys, and been friends for a long time to mm. see that. 
unfold. It must have been quite emotional. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get stuck into that because I want to talk about that in depth later. But I want, let's go right back to, to you, Luke, as a kid. It's feels weird calling you Luke, doesn't it? I've never called you Luke, I don't think. Biffa, why do we, why do we call him Biffa? Uh, they can tell us a good why story. Why do you call you uh, I got given that nickname by Chev Walker, actually. Um, Did you? I worked with Chev Walker's girlfriend at the boxing 20 years ago, but carry on. <laughs> Irrelevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I first started playing at Leeds, I was just a trialist. Uh, I didn't get allocated any training gear, so I just used to rock up to training in my own in my own kit. And mm. I had a T-shirt that said Biffa across the front of it. It was actually a, a sponsored T-shirt that I got f from my cricket cricket team. Is that where it comes from? And it's, you know, the Biffa the Bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, <laughs> we were sponsored by Biffa Bins. And what? it was just a white T-shirt, bright red letters, Biffa across the front. And we were running hills one morning. And uh, back in those days, I was just a young... Porky. A little bit, ramp, bit round, yeah. and I was struggling to get up this hill one morning. And we would train with the whole squad, so first grade would be there, uh, reserve grade, right through all the juniors. And uh, Chev has probably just seen this little young fat kid run, trying to run up this hill and saw my name Biffa across the t-shirt and just- And it stuck. Yeah, he just shouted out, go on Biffa lad. <laughs> wow, did you know that, Mark? Did, you know then, that um, did everyone join in? All, yeah, all, all my teammates thought it was really cool that a first grader had, had um, Chris sort of noticed, noticed us and then it just stuck from there. All the boys started calling me Biffa. My mum calls me Biffa. All my brothers do. Yeah. All my Biffa. friends, yeah. All my friends <laughs> call me Biffa. So it's just Biffa now. Amazing. Um, so look, go back to, and I know you mentioned your dad there and we'll, we'll get to that because that's a big reason of you coming over and running the marathon as well. Um, childhood, you're the oldest of the four brothers. So, so what was that like in Yorkshire? What were your earliest memories as a kid? Um... Well, we, we, we had a great childhood uh, and looking back, you know, we lived in the same house all our lives. Um, and at the time, we never realised we were fairly poor, but my mum and dad worked hard. Um, we they provided a great family ha household for us. We, we ate good meals every night. My dad used to do most of the cooking. Um, but, it, you know, we, we had each other. We, we never really wanted for much. We used to go on nice holidays um together we would we would drive to the south of france so that was you can imagine those car journeys with uh four boys in the back of a car no air conditioning all the way from the north of england right through to the south of france so we did some we we had such a great childhood i look back at what my mum and dad provided for us and we were so lucky we we were brought up in a household full of love um we were taught to look after each other always we were never allowed to fight each other people always ask us you know you guys must must have been fighting in lumps growing up as kids four boys and all that testosterone but we never did my dad would he never stood for that he mm. he, he, he knocks that out of us quite early and just made sure that we, we stuck up for each other and you know that's what brothers do did he make you the the role model did you feel that responsibility being the older brother well i guess uh, i kind of naturally fell into that role um especially for the twins just because they were five years younger than, than myself they're always seen as like my baby brothers. Whereas Sam and I, I always felt like we were, we, we did everything together. Mm. To, like we, we went to the same school, so we watched school together. We'd, I'd always look for Sam on, on lunch breaks and we'd, we'd hang out on lunch breaks. As soon as school finished, we'd walk home together. And then after school, we'd, we'd go to the golf club and do all that stuff together. So I felt like we, we had the same group of friends. So um, we were almost like felt like just always felt like we were in a similar sort of age. It's about eighteen months between you. Twenty two months, 22, yeah. So almost two years difference, but um it was always sort of Sam and I as a as a 
as a two and Tom and George as a two mm. until they got a bit older and joined our two-man wolf pack. Yeah. Where, and where did the, the rugby come into to, to your life? I mean, you, you, your dad played, right? Yeah, so we grew up in a rugby league area. Dad played as, he was semi-professional back when, when he played. He's, he played at a decent standard. He was, he was, a, he was a, you know, front rower, he, he, hard worker, the old school. Tough. Tough. Tough as teeth. Yeah, <laughs> tough front rowers. Your dad uh, played. They played against, against each other. Against each other, yeah. 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 Um, and then my mum actually played too. So when, after mum finished having all, all those four boys, she decided she wanted to go and play women's rugby league and she joined Birkinshaw Dragons. What year would that have been then? So, as well, a twins, while ago, were, twins were born in 92. Um, wow. So I reckon she would have started playing. Did she play for Great Britain? She played for England women's sort of touch or tag and they, they taught, went on tour to Australia. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and we all played for our local club, Dewsbury Moor. Mm. And then it progressed from there, really. Never never did we think that it would we would all, you know, carve out a, a, career, a career in rugby league and all go and play for the same team. Did he see a pathway there? Did you all have a, a dream that that could be a career? Well, I think for Sam... It was quite. It was quite obvious for Sammy. who always made the rep sides, and he was obsessed. Sam was obsessed with the game to a point. I think he used to sleep with a, a football most nights. Mm. Um, I, it was never something that I was really that into. I just I, I enjoyed playing, but I never thought I'd take it that seriously. And then it wasn't until I got to about sixteen that I decided I wanted to have a real crack at it, and I got an opportunity with the Castle for Tigers through there. Um, what do you used to be called that? The foundation? Yeah, foundation, scholarship stuff. Yeah, and there was about five different teams that all had, um, so it was like a little mini league and um, I played well in those games, Played had some good, good games against Leeds, played against the Rhinos and got offered to go to Leeds. So um, I don't know if meant too many people know this, but I actually was training for both teams. So I was training for Castle for two days a week and at Leeds as so well. This is before you turned pro, two thousand seven. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I was sixteen, seventeen. And I was yeah. trying to decide which club I wanted to play for. So I was testing the waters with both clubs and made a decision. Playing the field, yeah, right? yeah, playing the field. Not like and I made a decision to um, to go with Leeds and uh, never looked back since. Mm. So, when did it become a point where you actually thought this is this is something I can do professionally? When someone was actually interested and saw the the talent that you had, because you were the the older of the brothers. But by this point, was everyone else talking about the Burgesses and go, "Wow, you want to be looking at that Sam?" But no, Luke can do a bit as well. Um, no, there was there wasn't really much. Do you know what? The honest truth is, I don't really remember. But I I just remember there was there's definitely a shift in my mentality towards training and playing, mm. where I, I started to I started to enjoy. Um, the challenge a lot more and then uh, enjoyed being in a professional environment and having good structure mm. um, and then just kind of I, I've always had to I've always had to I was never really the most naturally gifted um, player my, my, mine's always been on the back of sort of hard training hard work um, being quite committed mm. I was never really a big drinker um, so that was I never really had that as a distraction there's so many great players as you know, when when you're coming through, there's so many great players in the academy system, mm. and a lot of them just fall away because they can't, they, they struggle to sort of separate that 
party lifestyle from professional lifestyle. I think if, I find that um, lads who come late probably have more to prove, and they have to, they have to work out otherwise Maybe, they're not yeah. going to get to a level. But the lads who are already at that level, they can rest on the laurels a little bit, can't yeah. they? I reckon being around Sam, who was a bit of a boy wonder and ridiculously driven, that would be a great, even as an older brother, great motivator to, to see what can be done, I suppose. Mm. But even though Sam was younger, I'm just trying to get the timeline here, was, was he already at Bradford? What was he doing at that point? So, yeah, Sam was at Bradford. Um, Sam Sam made his Super League debut before I did. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sam I, and I played together at Bradford. He was a year younger than me. Yeah. And I could remember now the amount of talk about him at 16, 17 was ridiculous. Mm. It obviously came true, but he was like the next Andy Farrell. And um, yeah, I think he was he was always destined to be the player he was, wasn't mm. he? Yeah, definitely. And and so time-wise, th- you know, this is a difficult chat. We've had it loads over, I think, 95 beers before. I was spoken to George at, at length about it. But your dad, so 2007, your dad died, right? Yeah. And that's the time where you turned pro at Leeds. Uh, yeah, so I was actually on loan to Harlequins at the time. Mm. I was I was in the squad at Leeds. But um, I wasn't I, I wasn't going to get an opportunity to play, so we did a deal. I went on loan and managed to play some some Super League down at Harlequins in 2007. Mm. And it was actually, I'd just gone down there, just signed. Um, I remember speaking to my dad about it before I left because my dad was quite sick and um, there was this opportunity that I would go there and play some, make my Super League debut. And I was a bit unsure about going because I didn't want to leave and be that far away from my dad and my family. And I he said to me, no, you've got to go. You have to do it. This is this is your chance. So I left, but then I'd not been there too long, less than a, a week, I think it was. I got a call from my mum saying, Luke, you have to come back. Mm. It's like, what, like, should I just come back tomorrow or this week? When should I come back? So she's like, no, you need... Because oh, I was set to make my debut that weekend. And um, she said, no, you need to come back like right now, get in the car and come now. So we ju- jumped in the car and drove back from London to to Dewsbury. So that was quite a long drive that day. Just to, we, I remember we got to the hospital and all my family were there, brothers were there and my dad was there in the hospital and it was, I, I got there to go say goodbye to my dad and I was going to go make my debut three days after that. So I think, well, dad died on the 3rd of May and um, it was it was magic around at um, Millennium Stadium. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff, Cardiff. Yeah. So yeah, I made I made my debut for Harlequins um, down there three days after. But it's so so when you got the phone call, it was that day or the day after that he passed away. Yeah, it was that day. I was drove it? straight to the car and then got there, and yeah, Dad had waited around because uh, he knew I was coming, so mm. it was. What kind of state was it? Was he verbal? And we can see on f- very sad footage of Rob at the minute, and he, he's, he uses a keyboard to talk. And he's, I was obviously there in his mind, but for those who don't know, they should say, yeah, yeah, your dad obviously had motor neurone disease. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. For those that don't know, dad had motor neurone disease. But how did it affect him towards the he, end? My dad, my dad could still use. He could still move his arms because I'll never forget the last thing he did to us before he sort of went to sleep. He went to sleep whilst we're all with him in the hospital. He raised his fist and like punched the air to all of us. Wow. And that, that was quite a powerful moment, something that we'll never forget. Mm. So yeah, dad could still, he, could, he couldn't talk. Um, he was writing, he was writing stuff down. He had a notepad where he would write stuff and we would try and sort of complete sentences for him. But back then, with, you know, 2007, th- there was nowhere near as much awareness around the disease as what there is now. So 
you know the, the computers that like what Rob's been using they they weren't available they, that, well that wasn't an option um so it, it's I think it's kind of hard to 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 see where he was at compared to where where mm. I was at because just rewinding then because obviously you know that what you just described there was kind of the end and the final moment and it's such a hideous horrific disease and it's such a slow and painful death really for everyone around mm. that him you know more than him himself because you've got to see that deterioration and that guy that you know you looked up to so much physically just sort of deteriorating but but when 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 was he diagnosed how old were you when he when he was first diagnosed and how, and how did you sort of accept that news as a really young kid yeah so um so I was I was 20 years old when when dad passed away um and from memory I think I think he fought f for two and a half three years so, so it was quick it's it was quick yeah um and you know when I remember when when our parents told us that dad had MND we dad was always our hero he was he was my dad was a big man he was very strong he's our protector um so we I always thought, you know, nothing can ever beat my dad. He, he was, you could always, you could, he could lift anything. He could break anything. He was, he was a strong man. He was our hero. So, when when we were told about M and D, I just we all thought, oh well, that's all right. He's just sick, but he'll get better. He'll get better. You know, we didn't we didn't realize how serious it was. And you was sort of like seventeen. The twins, yeah. would have, the twins would have been fourteen years old or something, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. The twins would have been twelve. Mm. Um, so we were young. We we just we just didn't understand how serious it was, until we someone actually sat down and explained. No, this there is this thing is runs its cause. There's no cure. Um, your dad will die. Um, it's just it's just a matter of how long it's going to take. So how how much did that change your relationship with him in terms of did you feel that because his time was limited? I mean, all of our time is limited, isn't it? But you, the fact that you knew that you wouldn't have many years with him and you wouldn't see your kids and grandkids etc that was the hardest thing um just thinking about my dad was such a family man he, he, he my mum told me he always wanted to have kids and um they had four kids quite quickly and we were everything to my dad he was he was such a great dad he used to do so much with us and we we i feel like we missed out on the sort of that next stage of father-son relationship where you go out and you can have a beer with your dad and and do all that stuff like we 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 that's what we were robbed of and especially the twins because they were so young mm. sam and i got a little bit of a taste of that just where you have that adult relationship with your father where it's you know it's um you're not you're not a child to your father anymore you're more of a, a mate um so i know i know that was something that my dad was really looking forward to and then you know, he would he would have loved to see his grandkids. Um, so that that stuff's. You embrace a lot of older figures, don't you? Like I know you're quite you're quite a pal of my dad. You've got a lot of older pals in Australia in the fifties and sixties who go playing golf. Yeah. Is that since your dad passed away, you've kind of you've 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 seeked similar kind of relationships with others? Do you know what? Yeah, I'd, I've never really thought about it like that. Um, but I do have a lot of my friends, my yeah, my friends in Australia that. Are, you go on golf, golfing trips yeah, with 15, 20 years older than me. Yeah. Um, so. Is that part of a subconscious just wanting a bit But of a, having a said that, they all act yeah, they all act the same age anyway. We all act like big kids, so yeah. who knows? Um, yeah, I've never really thought about that, really. How, I mean, it's like a silly question, but how, how hard did it hit the family? How hard did it hit your mum who, who took it the worst? How, how much of a difficult time was that? 
Well, it's just it's just horrendous. Like the the disease, it's just it's such an awful disease to for anyone to have to deal with. Um, not just for the the person who's suffering from MMD, but the families because it's so, such a frustrating thing. They they still sound of mind and they still think the same, and they still feel like they're, they're that able person, but the bodies just don't react the way that they used to do. Mm. Um, so it's it's very sad and um it was it was it was really tough it was it was really tough obviously like um you know i know you've been through something similar as well yeah. will so it's, it's it's uh it's not not an easy thing to to go through yeah. um i remember looking back like i remember my brothers and i we all carried my dad into the church on his funeral all day and we put him to rest in his grave and did all that as we were so young too mm. um but i feel like we were we were always close as brothers but um it's certainly we've become a lot closer since then G given the fact that you you know we talked about it, the oldest brother then did, was there even more responsibility for you to to look after the family were you the, the man of the house then um even more so or? well sam and i were so we lived together and then Tom and George, they live with mum, obviously, they were a bit younger. Um, so no, I've never really, I've never really sort of wanted to take on that role as the father figure. I've Didn't go to parents' evening for the twins or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> That'll be yeah. a long night, that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, I've, I've never, I've never felt, I've never sort of put myself up there as, as that father figure. Yeah. Um, I would never want to do that discredit to my father and no one no one will ever mm. step into that role either as as a father figure to, to any of us really there's only we've only got one mm. father G given the links as well more so in modern times with you know doddy Weir recently passing away obviously what's happened with rob um i think we talked about it with rob didn't we at the time and he didn't really want to be drawn on it when amazing we, i was just telling you on the tram on the way over Luke, that we had rob on the podcast three years ago and he drove down do you remember he was like oh should we have a beer afterwards and mm. Lindsay's waiting for me back and that was three four years ago mm. to think you know the, con the condition in the state mm. is in now um but i remember speaking to rob about it mm. and and asking about the links with the the knocks that he took and obviously a lot of them at neck hype given his height compared to the other players you know, your dad was a bit of a bruiser right did, did he ever draw any any links to, to what he'd done to his rugby career in the MND? Yeah, it's really hard to, to sort of pinpoint it onto onto something like that. Uh, we are seeing a lot of ex-rugby players that are now starting to get MND. There's a, there's another guy over in Australia called Carl Webb. I don't know if you yeah, remember. He played at the Qu uh, yeah, Queensland and Queens, Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, he's been diagnosed with MND. Um, you know, Rob, Doddy, my father. Um, but... It's just such a complex disease, and I only um, learned this the other night when I was listening to people talk about it. But there's all different there's all different forms of it too, and it, it affects people in different ways. So it's really hard to pinpoint w what actually causes it, which is why we we still we still don't have a, a cure for it. Do you think your dad's death um, sort of spurred all of you on to to have that drive and to go and achieve something in rugby league? Um, well, I feel like uh, Sam, especially, he—that's why he went to Australia. Mm. He didn't want to be in England anymore. Um, it was almost like a bit of a sour taste in the mouth about just needed to get away. Um, 
probably too much around that reminded him of, of things. So we we actually went, we spent holidays over there too. So we knew how good it was in Australia. And um, Sam was the one who acted on it first and, and managed to get a contract over there. But um, yeah, who knows? Who knows um, if if Dad would have still been here, would we have gone to Australia? Maybe, maybe not. But maybe he would have come with us too. But um, I certainly feel like uh, the passing of my father's probably spurred us on that little bit more. Yeah, I think when there's a loss in someone's life, it makes them realise how short things are and how you got to grasp the opportunities that you get. And I think it's mm. a quite a poignant moment in sort of a young man's life at 17, 18, where you can go down one path of a professional, really successful career or taking the easy option. Well, I think you know everyone. Every, everyone's always got um, something going on in their lives, don't they? And um, we, we've never, we've never asked for for sympathy from anyone. We've, we've almost just dealt with everything in house and and sort of looked after each other. And at, at the start, you're you almost filthy on the world a little bit because you you wonder why does this why does this stuff have to happen to to you? Like mm. my dad, my dad lived a healthy life. He was never a big drinker. Um, he was is a is a great father, good husband, um, and it's just crazy that these things happen. And and you just like you said, you just never know who it's going to happen to, or when it's going to happen. So maybe that's why we just took that leap of faith and thought, well, let's let's try and do something. And we we all managed to get to Australia and and uh, have some good careers over there. Mm -hmm. Well, he would he would have been he'd been filthy about missing all those moments, wouldn't he, in the flesh? But he'd be watching from somewhere, and he's seen some incredible things from up high, and and one of them from you early on, not long after he died, a couple of years, um, when you were at Leeds and you and you win the grand final at Old Trafford against St Helens against the the guy Mark that used to be on this podcast as well. Um, Who's that? What's his James name? Roby, Paul James Roby. James. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the other guy. John, is it John Wilkin? John Wilkin, John, yeah, yeah, John J Wilkin. Johnny, Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. John Wilk Johnny John Wilkinson. 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 Yeah, he. Yeah. I like Wilco. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. He's my yeah, business yeah, partner. Yeah. Okay, was that? He's my oh, business partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably prefer him to you. Yeah. Maybe not. Don't know. He's a nah. good baker. Yeah, he does. He prefers Master the bakery baker. to the coffee shop, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Are they the same thing? I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So go back. So back to Luke won a grand final in two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. I actually, so I, when I came back from Harlequins after 2007, I, I made my debut for Leeds in 2008. Mm. Before we get to that grand final, what are your memories of that, that time and that Leeds setup, that dynasty that was building? Well, I was so lucky. I just, I walked into a squad that was just so f well formed. We had such a great core group of players, a lot of local Leeds boys, um, lads that had been there for a long time and, uh, a senior group that really just led the values of that club and and led the success and I guess the coach the coaches just come in and um, sort of just add add their little bit on top of that. I was so lucky. I, I my first year we made the grand final in two thousand eight. I played all year and then I was made eighteenth man for the grand final. So I was I was absolutely good. I played like I think I played twenty four games that year. I played every single game and then. 18th man for the grand final was, and you uh, don't get a ring. You get, I got a ring. Got yeah, it. I did get a ring. It's not the same, is it? It's not the same. Didn't um, get, it didn't get burgled like Marks. No, no, no I've still got it. Still got it. It's def definitely yours. He <laughs> <laughs> did state yours a few times. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah. Well, I need to go on to that afterwards. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a very suspicious activity. 
if you do, so just uh, Mike, if you want to just do a quick appeal, just down the barrel. If you do, yeah, if anyone's seen a grand final ring from 2014, um, could be mine. How do they get in touch? Uh, email uh, at Super League RL. And say, and say you, I found the ring. So found the ring. So back to back to you. Nick. I've got. John, I can give him your number if you want, Will. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You and John's number. Yeah. <laughs> Should we give it? And his address. No, <laughs> we did that before. So, yeah, then we made the grand final the following year. So, in 2009, I got to play in that one. And uh, I was 20, 22. Mm. I was 22. I won my first grand final. So, I was just such a such a great introduction to my career and this is uh, the run of S S uh, saints losing how many on the trot five five on the trot. we would have played i was at wigan we would have we played against each other that year i reckon mm. in 2009 yeah mm. yeah because yeah, i played play, i think i played every game in 2009 as well yeah. mm. is that where where does that sit then in the in terms of what you look when you look back on the career that that 2009 grand final oh it was it was incredible like i just i got I was playing at a club where that was almost expected that that's that's just what we did we we mm. played the grand finals every year and um you won it every year <laughs> well from, I think <laughs> for a long uh, time we won it in seven eight and nine yeah. yeah um and so it was just it was crazy it just it felt like it just happened so quickly and um it was that 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 squad that team even when we were playing games and we were losing I always felt that we were going to win. Mm. It was just, I just, I think the year we won in 2009, that's when it used to be is it 27 rounds back then. Mm. We used to get, I used to get win bonuses because I was on like a, a pretty poor contract. Mm. So mine was topped up on win bonuses. Right. And it what was, what would you win bonus? 500 pound a win. Oof. So the more games, the better. So I knew exactly how many games we won because I knew oh. I was working out what my, my win bonus pay was going to be at the end yeah. of the year. Yeah, we won like 22 22 games out of 27 year. wow yeah it was 11 grand. thank you yeah. very much thank you <laughs> 11 grand yeah. body on the line broken bits yeah. 11 and, then, grand and then we got the win bonus for the grand final too is with five thousand pound win Ooh, bonus. 16 five grand for the final eh? yeah yeah wow cash money so but I mean, we've had so many i think years. i was on 12 grand a year so, <laughs> so you've so got more in bonuses <laughs> yeah, than your salary yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing, really, isn't it? To think back then, um, we, we've had so many Leeds legends, Mark, on the podcast. We've had Jamie Peacock, we've had JJB, we've had Brian McDermott. Can you think of any more? So Mosley, you had Mosley on here, right? yeah. But so, so what's your interpretation of why that generation was so special? Um, and I know some came in later than you are, you know, towards. Well, I think at Leeds, especially, it, uh, that was that was still part of the old school era. What I, I like to call the old school era, where. Mm. Mobile phones weren't really a thing, um, and there was a definite, sep like not separation, but there was there was um, a difference between a senior senior player and a and a up and comer, and there was there was a there was a ranking system, and as a young player, you just would come into the squad, and pretty much do exactly what senior players would do, what we would tell you to do, and that that drove our success, um, and I think. The game has changed so much now. Um, towards sort of the end of my career, that's when the old school era is probably almost washed out now. Mm. <laughs> All those old school players. Um, it was old school values, wasn't it? It was old just, school values. Um, you think that's gone completely? To, I mean, from like even just a five years ago when you guys were so It's been together. Di diminished rapidly. I think. Uh, and and I'm not. Years. I'm not talking. I'm not talking badly about the game because I would never do that. I love the game, and the game evolves and things change. Um, but the the 
definitely in the NRL in Australia, there's so much money now in the game, the salary cap, and some of these young players coming through and getting paid enormous amounts of money, which is which is great. It's awesome, and I'm all for it. Mm. I just sometimes find that that maybe that affects the pecking order and. I don't know. I could be wrong, but um, is it because we're, we're in general a generation of snowflakes and, and you can't say yeah, things and, to and people also, now to young to young yeah, players? But like mobile phones now, social media, that was never really a thing. Um, mm. I think I didn't join social media until I got to Australia, so that was 2011, 2012. Mm. Um, I think it's a societal thing and a generational thing. Um, I can imagine that in dressing rooms now, winning. And spending time with your friends isn't the number one priority. It's mm. probably on a par with materialistic aspects or how are you perceived on social media. Mm. Whereas back in the day, no one gave a shit about. Well, the, you couldn't take pictures on your phones. Well, no. on your phones. It was just text and calling. Snake and <laughs> snake. Snake. Yeah. Snake. Too. Um, and too, uh, now, too now everyone seems to just be on the phones. They're like, we do it right when we go out for for dinner or lunch. Yeah. You know, you realise you everyone just sat on the phones and mm. it's. I have no, I have no phone policy at the table with my friends. Yeah, yeah. Just yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you don't go on the phone when you're by yourself. Yeah, it's rude. You shouldn't have a phone at the table. That's true, isn't it? But so, so who who were, who were the guys that then sort of you, you that really looked up to and that really got you by the scruff of the neck and you had your respect immediately in that lead setup? All right, there's a long, long list. So yeah, yeah, Rob, I was very close to Rob. Mm -hmm. We had a little. Bromance, um, Kevin Sinfield, he was our captain. He mm -hmm. was just such a great leader. Uh, Jamie Peacock, Jamie Jones Buchanan. Danny uh, Bedeiras. Danny Bedeiras came over. Danny um, McGuire, was he? Danny McGuire, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Diskin, Keith Senior. Incredible names, isn't it? Yeah, like Ali Lawatiti, um, Clinton Tupi, Brent Webb, Scott Donald. Mm. Um, we just had so many good senior players there. Um, and then the younger generation coming through just bought into that mm -hmm. and, it, and that's how it was led from the players and I feel like when when the the rules are set from within the playing group it's generally followed it's more powerful yeah, it's so much stronger yeah. can you imagine doing something wrong and a coach telling you off it's like being at school it's like you can kind of give back chat to the teacher or kind of slag them off but if someone you respect and who's achieved so much in the game pulls you up on something you're going to yeah. listen you're going to yeah. act on it you're going to change your behaviour yeah. and I reckon the senior players that Biff had just mentioned was was probably some of the, the best best leaders best players that the country's produced mm. and added to that a lot of them came through at the same time didn't they so they, they created a brotherhood there mm. Simfield Burrow Maguire played the academy together so there's a natural relationship there and a natural bond between their most important players that would kind of fashion onto the rest of the squad well, well look look at what kevin and rob are doing now like mm. yeah. that's just that's just just a friendship that mm. was formed throughout so many years of, of playing rugby league together and and all the other players that that, that have bought into it as well mm. so, so you had three years at headingley and then you decided to go to australia 2011 to the south sydney well, I, yeah i did i did three and a half seasons at leeds actually yeah uh, was well, I was at Leeds from 2004 as mm -hmm. a junior, uh, and spent so, so yeah, four, five, six, seven went on loan for a bit, and then Doncaster, yeah, yeah, did Harlequins, yeah, I went to Doncaster, yeah, that was that was a good experience too, mm -hmm. and then I left. I actually left. My contract was due to um, run out at the end of 2011, and I'd spoken with Brian McDermott at the start of the year and said, 
my intentions were to play the year out and I wanted to go to Australia. That's what I was going to do. And everything and was... Sam was there. Sam was there. George was there. Um, I was there. Mark was there. Yeah. Gaz Ellis was there. Yeah. Some good big names. Um, and, you know, everyone was on board with that. And uh, I started 2011. I was, I was having a great season. I was starting, I was starting, you know, most of the games. And the club came back to me and wanted to offer me a contract. Mm. Um, and Brian said, "You know, would you would you think about staying for a bit longer, and if if we can work out a deal?" So, at the time, I was thinking, "Well, I'm actually enjoying this. Maybe I would stay for two more years at Leeds." What are you here? So mid twenties, twenty six, something like that. Um, it was I was I was twenty twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. So I was still young. Yeah, I could have done two more years and then gone to Australia after that. But then, uh, so Brian's like, "All right, well, I'll sp we'll speak to the club and see if we can come up with a deal." And um, the deal just wasn't really a deal. It's about the five hundred pound a game. <laughs> yeah, my contract had gone up <laughs> by then, um, but the deal that was offered wasn't really. It wasn't a, a deal that blew my socks off anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> so all I about said, the deal, isn't it? I said thanks, guys, um, for the offer, but I'm just going to stick to what my intentions were. I'll play this year out and. Uh, We'll try win one more gut before I go. Yeah, but then things I stopped getting picked and I stopped getting put in the squad and because they knew you weren't going to sign the deal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so then I got into my manager and see if we could. South were down on forward. Sam was injured. George wasn't playing because he was he was coming through the juniors over at South, mm. and they were struggling for front rowers and uh, managed to do a deal mid-season so I actually joined South uh, midway through 2011 and I literally went signed um, and I, I landed one week and I made my debut the week after so it was perfect for me I didn't have to wait around a full pre-season and go through all the media and do all that I just I was straight into it it was mm. a perfect it was a perfect intro actually into NRL well, how quickly did you become Russell Crowe's best friend <laughs> still, still striving for that <laughs> Well, yeah, Sam. Sam's who's his? Who's Russell's favourite? Sam. Yeah, Sam. Sam. Bet, Sam. Are you on the podium? Uh, I'd like to think so. Yeah, we've we've spent lots of yeah. intimate moments well, together. Mark spent an intimate moment with with Russell. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, we we, we, we went down. We and, uh, I call him Rusty. Rusty, yeah. Yeah, yeah we went down. RC. <laughs> that's when Hozzy came down too. Hozzy, Rusty, yeah. So he so he'd go Sam. I think. He, he likes George tells me well, he'd be on the podium. No, it, it'd be Sam then Tom because Tom still plays for wow. his team. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, Obviously. that makes sense. And then yeah, you, you, you and you and George, George fighting it out. George and I <laughs> are just kind of like you know the kids that want, George George kids that want attention. Yeah, yeah. And we get it now and again. But <laughs> <laughs> go on. So uh, what is he like? Russell, he's yeah. amazing. He's done so much for our family. Um, he's become he's become a really good friend to us. Um, was that weird, given that you know we'd all watched Gladiator, you didn't have a clue who he was, and suddenly he becomes your best mate? Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, <laughs> just crazy. Um, and he's he's such a, he's such a great man, and he's got so much wisdom too. I've learned so much from him. Uh, he's he's always got time. Um, and he, and you know he's he's sort of immersed in your story as well and invested in it, isn't it? With your you know your dad's passing and everything, like he he's not just an owner of a rugby league club, yeah. there, is he? No, he, he I think. It was always when he first signed Sam, and then you realised that Sam had all these brothers that were playing. Um, well, Tom and George had not played back then, actually, but uh, it was almost like he's. It was Russell's 
uh, vision that he wanted all these brothers to come over and play. So he was a big part in why that happened. Mm. When that did happen in a game for the first time in however many years, it's only the second time it's happened, right? Four Since brothers? 1911, was it? Annandale. Yeah, the... Um, uh, oh, I forget the name of the brothers. Yeah, actually. Cliff Annandale, didn't they? Yeah. So it's over 100, over 100 years. 2013 it happened. I mean, that that is an incredible day. And, you know, when you think about the moments that you your dad would have been so proud of yeah. to see all four of you out there because that picture is so iconic isn't it when all four of you played in that game yeah um, that was that was such a crazy experience um, and the build up to it as well because with the game being so huge over in Australia the NRL is, there's a lot of media hype around it so it was built up it was built up all week and we, we had we had some TV cameras following us around as well because Sam was filming the Slamming Sam documentary and um, it just all it just all worked out perfect that we managed to capture those moments, and, and it was it was all included in the documentary, so it was it was pretty cool. Um, and then my mum always I never forget my mum saying it's the first time where she's been able to go and watch all the four boys play at the same stadium and not have to worry about going to all different venues mm-hmm. over the weekend. So. Like, why couldn't you have done that all the way all the way through? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, would have, been, that would have been helpful. Yeah, amazing, amazing moment. And then like, a year later, um, you guys were in the grand final. You, you you didn't play in the grand final, did you? Same but again, same again. How was, how was that? That must have been heartbreaking. I've never discussed it. It's kind of a taboo subject amongst me, me and my brothers because it's such a, it, it should have been such a, a cool thing that we talk about. Mm. Um Again, I played all year that year. Played 21 games out of 24, and uh, was made 18th man for the grand final. It was you and it was. I've watched the previous games. It was between you and Clarky, Jason Clarky, who were probably going to get that bench. And, and like potentially Dave Tyrrell. Oh, Dave Tyrrell, yeah. Um, was it? Was, was there an injury in the 23rd, second and third game, or was it just purely just? No, it was just. Yeah, it's. It's just. It was disappointing, really, because. Uh, it was disappointing. Madge made that call that mm. he wasn't going to put me in the squad. How did that uh, conversation go? Well, he, he just he just told me that I was going to be eighteenth man, but he needed me to he needed me to be uh, there for the boys, and mm. my brothers needed me to he needed me there so that my brothers could concentrate on the game. Which I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I wasn't going to be sulking around the place. I was. Obviously, want to support the boys, but that was disappointing. You must have been thinking. I know, obviously, it's awful for you, but you must have also been thinking about the impact that would have had on them through well, the key did, players. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was. It broke all of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, I've still got the ring, but it don't don't mean anything. That's awful, isn't it? That you got a, you've yeah. got a grand final ring, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm yeah, sure. well, it's, from, it's from 2014. So yeah, they yeah. look similar. Why don't we do like a, an auction on the, do you, on you, well, you don't the, want it, you want to get rid of it. So the out of your league page will auction it off. And, yeah. uh, how, much could, how much could we get for it? Okay. I don't know. It's, full of, it's got, full of diamonds. It's got diamonds in it. Yeah. Why don't we just sell it and go and do something fun ourselves? Yeah. Go to New York. We could do that. That is interesting because, you know, it's interesting, that's not the right word, but for the fact that it happened to you at Leeds, in 2008, the year before you won the grand final, yeah, and you've got that ring, and that's probably as meaningless as the 2014 one in Oz. Yeah, right? yeah. So I've got three rings, mm. and uh, played in one grand final. I was 18th man in the other two. 
What are your emotions yeah. on a day like that when you sit there? Because obviously you're buzzing for your brothers and so on. Yeah. You must be filthy inside, right? Yeah, obviously. Um, well, on the day, I, I, I did my job. I was I was very professional. I, I warmed up with the squad, mm. did all that. I was very supportive. You know, I, I want the boys to win, uh, but I wanted to be a part of it. And I could have definitely been a part of that 17. So it was, it was um, a weird decision in my opinion that I wasn't part of that squad mm. so it was an Englishman who went to Australia and then came back to England and has had a good old stint in Super League and in the NRL because you went to Manly Sea Eagles in 2015 for a year as well yeah I did, did two years at Manly but this, my second year in 16 was um, ruined with injury for I, I snapped my ACL towards the end of 2015 mm. and then it really affected my, my season in 2016 so mm. I missed a lot of football that year and uh actually left to, before the end of the season and came to join Salford. Came to join came our to, survival bid. You're yeah, part of the million pound game, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was part of the million pound game. Live, um, live with me and my now wife. Moved for, in down the road from me. For, we for three months. Yeah. yeah, it was quite interesting actually because it was. I thought that Biffa would come and live with us and be the third wheel, but I think I was the third wheel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 as in I, what the father to one of your children no maybe not that far if, but no. I remember a specific, specific occasion <laughs> when I was I think I had a stomach bug or something during the day I remember I had a nap I slept from 12 to 4 you're just exhausted when you're not well and I woke up about 5, 6 o'clock went into the lounge and had my dressing gown on and I was like Biff what are you doing you look smart he said oh yeah me and Sophie are going out for dinner <laughs> I was like what <laughs> he said oh yeah you're not feeling well so me and Sophie just Going for a nice candlelit dinner down to Alchemist in Manchester, and they went on a date night. That's cute. So yeah, just yeah. just just while I'm here now, and there's cameras on. Is that the night on. we got a hotel as well? <laughs> Did anything happen? Did anything yeah. happen? Did anything happen? Look down the bar. I can't remember. I can't remember. You said you're not a big drinker. Though. Yeah. Until you until you came back until, to Salford. Until Mark wasn't there. <laughs> you're giving me your word. You're giving me your word. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, now Sophie couldn't admit that your wife could she and say like, yeah, I would have chosen Luke back then because you've got three kids, Steve. No, she can't say that. But I wondered just in hindsight if at that moment she would go back to him and go, I, I, took, I made the wrong decision. It's going to be that thing that plays on my mind until yeah. the day I die. <laughs> she could be in what, Australia. What happened? You've got that nothing night? to worry about. Mate. You got nothing to worry about. Mate. You got one thing out of three to worry about. You got two kids that are yours and one that's that's not. Blue eyes, oh, baby's gone. This is rude. The baby was born like three years later, Will. Chill out. You've at least made some contributions. Um, some yes, financial uh, contributions. Sophie's, Sophie's beautiful, yeah. She's <laughs> no, no, not about Sophie. I mean, oh, financial <laughs> support of his children. <laughs> oh, no, uh, Mark's we, we, got all the money. We, yeah, Mark has got lots of money. Um, before we get on to then coming back to, to Salford and to Super League, why have the Burgesses made, and, and Julie B as well, because she moved over when? How, how long after Sam? Uh, so... Tom, Tommy was the, the last brother to come over and yeah. then my mum, not long after Tommy came, she's like, well, well, my boys have gone now, so it's time for me to go. And she's my mum's been over there over 10 years now. And that's home, home, home now, because yeah. that kind of answers the question, but why, why has Australia become home? We just we just love the lifestyle over there. Um, we've we've really we've really been accepted. Um, it's given us so much and you know, the fact that we all live over there makes it a lot easier. The fact that mum's there, her mum's there now, so my grandma's there. Who's, she, she's, she was in New Zealand. For yeah, me. she was in New Zealand before that. Um, we've all had our children in Australia, so all our children are there. And um, I, th I think post-football, I feel like there's a bit more opportunity for us as well. Yeah. So so you came back 2016, Mark's at Salford. You had a little stint at Catalan Dragons 2017 and then back to Salford to save them from relegation. What a hero. 
Legend. came back with a cape, a cape on and, and helped save the day. <laughs> mm. um, what? Why? Why did he come back? Did he feel he had a point to prove in, in Super League? Did he miss it? Did he want a little one last dance? Well, um, I just yeah, I got I got a good opportunity to go to to, to France um, and really wanted to go and experience that. I actually signed a two-year deal in France, mm. so that was meant to be for seventeen and eighteen, and then in my first year I played about five games and I snapped my ACL again. It was a same knee, so within two years I snapped my ACL twice. Um, did a bit more damage this time, and then after that the club the club didn't they just were trying to get rid of me for the, they didn't want to keep me for the second year of the contract even though I was well and truly settled there I wanted to stay there I was I was really enjoying my time mm. in France um, and then managed to do do a deal where I came to Salford on a two year deal for 18 and 19 mm. what was that like having Biffa there Mark? brilliant and yeah. Yeah. I, I'd formed so many great relationships at Salford uh, from when I was there for a short period, you had a good relationship with Ian Watson. Didn't yeah, you? Ian Watson was great. I, I really, I really connected with him. Um, I, I liked his, I liked his coaching style, and um, I, I loved what he was about. And there was still some, there's a lot of the players there that I'd known from 16. So it, it was. Uh, I loved living in Manchester too. So I was, I was excited about that. Mm. And. Um, can you confirm was Mark captain? Because we've had a few debates over this. So Mark sort of said he was captain, but then we found out that he was. A, I was co-captain. Co-captain, and then a, sort of went to. In my eyes, Mark was the captain. Right? <laughs> so he wasn't officially the captain. Yeah, you're saying that. <laughs> no, he was the captain. You were the captain. No, me, and, me, and me, Lee Moss were the captain. Right? But yeah. the, in the pr prior in, to that, when it was when I came in sixteen, it, Michael Dobson. That's was right, Dobbo. Yeah. 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 So never, yeah, it's, like it's, it's irrelevant. Well, no, yeah. I just wanted to just confirm fine, from yeah. someone else who was there at the time. He <laughs> wasn't. He's saying he wasn't the captain. I'm saying Mark was the captain in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. on the sea next to you. You've his never name. been in a rugby change. No, I, I know that's why I'm asking Luke because he's been in the dressing room. We'll start room. talking about gloves again in a no, minute. Your toughness. <laughs> but you've been in the dressing room, so you, in your eyes, Mark was captain. That's yes. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Fearless. It's okay. You can take my wife out again if you want. <laughs> again, he's got places. I told you what she's doing tonight. Okay. Got a flight back to Australia in the morning. Yeah, one last, did. one last dance again. Oh, God. <laughs> um, retirement. Because you talked about injuries, and we were talking on the way over that actually, Tom has been whether you want to call it luck or not. You know, he, he's avoided injuries, hasn't he? And, he's, mm. and what, what's his record as we record this? He's the the he's second most capped South no, Sydney Rabbitohs player. The third most got the uh, second capped, in sight, though, wasn't he? Yeah. This year, this season, he will become the second. Highest cap player in the history of South Sydney. Behind John Sutton. Behind John Sutton. And he won't yeah. catch him when he's 300 or something. Yeah, it's a long way to catch You mentioned Sutton. luck then, but Tom's preparation and her dedication does loads of ice baths. He doesn't drink anymore during the season. Mm -hmm. His his dedication to, to what his craft is, yeah. is, is unbelievable at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. He, you can see it in his game. And um, the last four years, he's been so consistent. I, I actually can't remember him having a bad game in the last four years. Mm. But he does look after himself, which I think in today's game, the way it's played, it's, it certainly helps. Because obviously, Sam, you and George have all had your fair share of, of yeah. injuries. And you've mentioned the, the, the letters ACL about five times. I mean, how, how big a part were those injuries on your career? And, and then knowing that the end was in sight at this point? Well, um, so I, as I mentioned before, I'd signed two years at Salford. So I was meant to be there for 18 and 19. And um, I was just... I'd recovered from the, the ACL surgery in, that I got in France, but the the problem was the cartilage damage that, that I'd um, that I'd done, um, 
and I, I was having to go to training you know, two hours before everyone else to do physio, rehab, get myself ready for training. Then I would stay back after training again for another hour, two hours to do more physio, recovery. And then I, I couldn't do as much running during the week because I needed to stay off my, my knee. Um, I was trying to do other forms of conditioning in the gym, lots of training by myself. Um, and I, I couldn't get my head around I was I was still in lots of pain as well. I was in a lot of pain with the knee. Um, I just couldn't get made around doing that for the rest of 2018 and then for another year. And I felt like my um, my fitness wasn't where I wanted it to be. I, I didn't want my performance to start slipping. Um, purely because I'd seen too many players play a little bit longer than, than they should have done really. And towards the end of their careers, it, they kind of went down and I, I I promised myself I would never do that to, so as soon as I felt my body starting to slow down mm. that's when I decided to call it so I made a decision midway through the season I went to see him Watson he was great about it I told him I'm not going to be able to do the next year but I'll give him everything I've got for this year and I made that decision and I, I did really started to enjoy that year then because I knew that was it the end I could see when the end was it was a tough decision to make um, but I, it just meant that I could really commit to that last sort of half yeah. of the year. I remember being there at the AJBL for your last game. You were both playing, but was that an easy thing to accept retirement? A lot of players struggle with it. You know, not just that against, day, but against the Toulouse, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you lose against Toulouse? No. No. Um, it, no. Do, do you know? Um, it's a tough decision to make because it's all we've ever known for the last ten, twelve years. But I was happy to make that decision. I was. I was. I was proud of. What I'd achieved during my career, I'd done lots of, I'd done lots of special things. I'd won grand finals. Um, did you did you max Luke Burgess out? Do you reckon? I feel I I feel like I made the most with what I had, yeah. Um, and I, I I don't feel like I left too many stones unturned along the way. Uh, I was I was committed. Um, That's all you can do. Yeah, and I, right. and and I I was I was happy to be able to close that chapter. The club Salford were great. They made they made that experience for me really good, um, so that 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 made it that made it even more special too. I had a good good group of players at that at that time, and um, it was it was I was happy to retire. I think my body probably made the decision, um, but I, I I feel like I made a smart decision too. I find it really interesting because the amount of people I ask that question to, and across all sports, you know, people who've retired and you know even been retired 10, 20, 30 years. Did you fulfil your potential? And and you don't always get that that answer. Like, oh, it's all you can do is try your best. When you, you get so many people, you're super talented and achieved so much and lifted so much silverware, and they say, no, I could I could have had more and I should have had more and whatever. And I'm angry yeah. that they did. The battlers always squeeze yeah. every bit of juice out. Well, there's of a, there's always what would a, Sam say for example. There's always a little bit of shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, you know, there's this. I look back. We talked about missing out on grand finals. Like mm. those things hurt, and that would have been nice to have had two more grand finals to 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 the tally but but you couldn't have changed and you couldn't like have worked you can't, tried you can't change it as I, I try not to look backwards anymore mm. um do you have any forwards. regrets when you when you look back at all are you, are you, are you i don't think so no. no i can't i can't remember i can't remember <laughs> um yeah I, 
I don't, I don't think so. I, 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 again, I've never asked you this before, but because you've got three brothers who are all doing it at the same level, and you know what they've been doing for them, do you, have you ever found yourself comparing your your career to theirs? Never. No. I've, we've never done that. In, in fact, complete opposite. We've always supported each other. We've always shared our successes. I remember I was the first brother that won won a grand final in two thousand nine, and all my brothers were there. They were over the moon for me. Uh, that, did your mum get kicked out of the stadium? <laughs> she did, yeah. For what? She's going to kill you, Mark. What did she, she do? My mum, so... Can we edit this out in case Julie Burge is going to kick is me it, out? Is it editable or... Uh, no, we should put it in because it's a okay. funny story, but... Um, my mum, yeah, she, my mum got kicked out of Old Trafford. Right. Because um, she got caught, uh, she smuggled some some of her own alcohol into the stadium. <laughs> and Old Trafford, I didn't know this, but it's an alcohol-free stadium, right? You can't drink alcohol. I thought you could drink during the, during the grand in final. The st- in the stand. Yeah, but in football you can't drink. I thought in the grand, I've had a beer during the grand final before and I watched you win it in 2014. But during the game, actually yeah. on the, at the seat. Yeah, but I just don't, you can bring your own alcohol in. <laughs> but anyway, so she had her own, she brought her own in, she got caught and, um, I don't know what the altercation was, but I remember going. <laughs> she, had, she had a disagreement with the steward after the after <laughs> the game finished, and we won. And I'm I'm looking from I'm looking for oh, all the no. families, and it was I, dawn, I can it? see I can see my brothers, and I was like, "Where's mom?" I was like, so no I went way. over. I was like, "Where's mom? What's she doing?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, she um, <laughs> she got kicked out." And then just as they said, just as they said that, yes, Luke. Luke and Mum comes running down the stairs towards me. She'd managed to get herself back into the stadium, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, uh, as she got kicked out, she was kicking stones, like crying. And she, I'm th- I think it was she bumped into Brian Noble. He was around the other side of the stadium. Yeah, he saved the day, and he, he was doing some TV commitments. I think I'm sure it's Brian Noble. He got her back in, and um, he said, "What are you doing, Julie? <laughs> why, why are you not inside?" And so she told him the story and. I think he got her back in, managed to get, yeah, he managed to get back. So she watched it from another part of the stadium, away from my brothers and yeah. everyone else. So she missed the game, but saw you lift the trophy. Um, or at least saw there's a bit of celebrations at the end. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I don't, I actually don't know. I need to double check that one. But <laughs> I'm sorry, Julie. Yeah, she's going to kill you because she's <laughs> super, super embarrassed about that story. Um, but I think, I think it's hilarious. And hilarious. I do tell it from time to time. <laughs> and I change it as well. Yeah, she was fighting with a security guard. <laughs> she dropped five of she, them. Uh, she, she, <laughs> she got put in handcuffs and taken out by police. She had a fight with Brian Noble. <laughs> yeah, then he yeah. got back in. She ran on the field. <laughs> so let's let's finish by talking about the marathon. I know we started there as well, but um, the, the reasons you wanted to do it, obviously now is so much clearer. We've heard your story, your relationship with Rob. Um, obviously, your you know what happened with your dad. How did that come about? Was Kevin on the phone? Did you, you know, why did he want to be a part of it, and 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 how did the organisation happen with you? Um, no, so I, I didn't directly speak to Kevin about coming over and doing it, um, and there was never any pressure from anyone either for for us to come over and run it. It was more Nick Nick Youngquest who yeah. um, who I came over with to run the marathon. He he was a massive driving force behind it, and um, he start, is he involved with is it athletes for life? Yes, yeah, so that's his foundation. Um, he set that up. And what's that all about? It's um, it's to help athletes who transitioning from professional sport to to life after sport, and giving them a purpose, giving them still that community where we get together. We've got a bit of a running club, um, so I mean, you'd, 
we should get we should have got Nick on. But. Yeah, because it was interesting to see that that he's he's formed this kind of organisation to help mm. retired athletes because there's not an awful lot out there socially uh, for lads to kind of rely on to kind of keep that conversation yeah. and keep that mm. that meaning going. So so yeah, it was Nick who um, said, well, we have to go to Leeds. Um, you know, this is a big big one for you. And um, he just kept pushing it and pushing it, and we made it happen. Yeah. Um, and it was, I'm so glad we came. Hey, have you been in, in touch with Rob? I mean, how, how much have you followed his story since you since you left? Yeah, I've, I've followed I've followed everything from from over in Australia. Um, I've not been able to communicate with him directly, so it's just um, I get I get news from from other people. Um, I caught up with Rob. We had a media day before the marathon on the Friday, and. Um, we just sat together and he smiled at me and that that was about as, as far as we went. We joked around a little bit, but he's um, he's still playing jokes. He was always a, the joker in the team. So he was just, someone said that when we were having our pictures taken the other day, he was pretending to be asleep. And then when the pictures were finished, he's, he started smiling again. So he's still still got that prankster inside him. Yeah, how, how heartbreaking though to, for you to see it, given that you spent four years with him. And you know, four years in in a rugby league dressing room is more than four years, right? Because yeah, you're so tight. Yeah, and, and going through going through what you go through together as well, you, you generally it makes you a lot more tighter as friends. Um, and I mean, I kind of half knew it was going to be bad because mm -hmm. uh, obviously uh, I've been through it with my dad, mm -hmm. but. Um, I don't remember. My dad didn't get to the point where Rob's at the moment, where he he doesn't actually he doesn't move at, at all. Really, he's just he just sat in his chair, and that was so sad to see. Um, but I know Rob don't, he doesn't want he doesn't want that mm. sympathy. He's got he's got his um, he's got his eyes set on getting this uh, specialist centre built in Leeds for M and D. And that's that's his goal that he's going to get the funding for that to be built, which is just going to be amazing for families that are struggling with MND. There's going to be so much more available to them in facilities-wise. So that's that's going to be his, his goal. And we talk about powerful moments. I mean, the the world, not just the world of rugby league, have have been watching those clips of of Kev taking Rob out of his chair and carrying him over, which obviously was always the plan, and kissing him on the neck as he as he walked him over the line. In uh, <laughs> unbelievably four hours and 22 minutes i think it was which yeah. is ridiculous i mean yeah. people cut a lot of people in the world you talk about that one percent <clears> that we had earlier of people who've run run a marathon for someone to run a marathon pushing a wheelchair mm. in four hours 22 and there were some big hills in that marathon yeah. too it wasn't flat was it we we i set off with kev we set off at the same time and the speed that in which he set off was way too fast that was so i just dropped back because i thought if if I try and stick at that pace, I'm not going to hit my goal of uh, sub four hours. Yeah. Um, but they 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 had to schedule in a few pit stops as well along the way. I think Kev was saying one of the stops um, they end up stopping for about 15 minutes because really that yeah. makes it even more insane that yeah yeah they, they stopped one they stopped about, they're meant to stop four times I think but um, what for? Well, they needed to get fluids into Rob. Okay. Um, yeah, and just make sure he was okay. Like, they just needed to, obviously, you know, Kev can't see Rob because he's pushing him. Mm. And he, yeah, he's I suppose he, even if he couldn't communicate. Yeah, with him. yeah it's a big thing for Rob to be sat there as often. No, it was a huge, it would have been horrible for, for, for Rob sat in that chair. And 
So they just needed to constantly be checking on him, uh, making sure his fluids were up. Uh, one of the one of the stops, the fifteen minute stop, it was. They got they had to get him out of the chair because he was uncomfortable, and then mm. they put him back in the chair and he's like, "Are you comfortable?" And like, smile if you're comfortable. There's no sort of he didn't didn't react to it, and then they couldn't work out if he was uncomfortable or comfortable. So back out the chair again, and it was just you know that, that stuff like that. That yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, crazy that you still did it in four hours 22 but but what about that that finishing moment and where were you because you, you'd been finished 20 odd minutes or whatever but did you get down to the finish line no i waited it? there yeah because yeah. i knew there, there wouldn't be too far behind um so I, I waited at the finish line um me and nick we, we we hung back and nick was great he was high-fiving every single person that came through like people thought he knew all these runners but he was just it was, was just, just, like, in the was just the hype it. boy, yeah. He was back here just high-fiving everyone. That's cool. Um, I think that was what Leeds injected into him. Mm. The energy around the place, um, he just that just got in, got got into him and he, he bought into it. Um, but to to see uh, Kev mm. pick Rob up out of the chair and came across the finish line, that I've got goosebumps just and talking it, about it. Brought, it. It brings people to tears you don't even know. Yeah. But you don't expect anything less of Kevin. The, the, the character that he is and the, what he's done for for Rob so far. And yeah, he's, he's an unbelievable guy. And mm. it's obviously a special friendship. He's just got. extremely selfless. He, uh, he never he never asks for any you know, any mentions. He doesn't, he doesn't even have social media. So it's not like he's posting that stuff on his social mm pages to to get engagement it's just all done purely on that uh, mateship that they created you know he's just he said at the start of the marathon he's just going going for a run with a mate and that's just what he was doing mm. but you think also the the coverage that that perhaps MND hasn't had with all respect to the likes of Doddy Weir and so on this is now shining the light that's so yeah. needed isn't it on this this horrific yeah it? that um that scene will be shared all around the world and it was such a powerful moment mm. um and something that something that will be shared you know f for many years to come so what about you then just to finish biffa you got your australian citizenship now did you have, did you have to swear allegiance to the flag do you, do you oh. know the national anthem off by heart um you didn't have to did you yeah i kind of know that would you just pay money and they accept it you're proud yeah. you're just a, you're still a proud pump are you yeah of course i'll always be first i'll always be english um which is what i am I was be English, uh, but I've, I was very, very happy to get my Australian citizenship. Um, I love, I love the country. I love, I love where I live. Um, and now to have my citizenship and have the passport, it just gives me that freedom to, to come and go, as I please. Which, which is, uh, which I feel I'm very grateful for. And that. you're a dad again. I mean, Grace must be. Is she a teenager now, Grace? <laughs> yeah, no. Grace is ten. Is she ten? Yeah, no, she's not far ten. Off. But then, and, so and she's and hit double figures, and I've got a ten-month-old. So I've got a ten-year-old and a ten-month-old. Wow. So a big gap, but yeah, Charlotte, she's been perfect. Tori, my partner, she's done a fantastic job. Um, first time mom, so she's just she 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 really uh, does lots of reading and and works out what's best for Charlotte. Charlotte's just got the best of everything. So I'm very lucky that that Tori's such a great mom. It makes my job very very easy. She's got some pretty cool uncles, to be fair, isn't she? Yeah, they're all right, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, not too bad. And Julie B, grandma. Yeah. It's not the, bad, uh, is it? She'll be all right, I think. Well, both <laughs> of them will be all right. Is she still banned from Old Trafford? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out. Actually. Yeah, we'll find we'll out. Someone just got banned recently, didn't they? Um, what, that was crazy. I saw uh, that fan 
managed to get on the field and push one of the football. Oh, that was at the football. That was the other day. Eddie Howe. He's Howell, banned for life, player. right? That was Ellen Road, soccer. yeah. Yeah, soccer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, So, go on, what does the, the future hold for you? Because, I, I mean, there's something I didn't even know that I asked you about when we came over today. You were, you were doing, like, some Uber driving. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah, did not know what? Yeah, Do you know yeah, about yeah. that, <laughs> No. Do you not know about it? Yeah, I, I read an I article went, on it. I didn't What? Yeah, D, I went, DD, I went, is it That's good? your perfect job. You'd love a chat with anyone. <laughs> yeah, I did. Knows. I actually did. I did, um, I, I did, I did some <laughs> Uber driving just for a bit of quick cash, you know. But then you I, quickly realised you didn't want like strangers in the back well, of your car. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Asking I, you about about your career and about the birds. Well, and I was just I was in the process of trying to sell my house in Australia, yeah. um, and I wasn't working, um, so I, was, I just wanted a bit of extra cash. And I thought, do, do you get reviews when they said, "Oh, the, the driver spoke too much"? Um, I can't see the reviews. Can you not? You're not. You can put requests You do in love now. a chat, don't you? Yeah. You can well, say I no always, chat now. I always now find it interesting whenever I'm in an Uber mm. and I talk to the driver, I always think it'd be quite interesting to drive Ubers on a Saturday night and see what yeah. kind of people you get in your car. Yeah. Uh, and I got some odd characters. The thing that pushed me over the edge, some guy got in the back of my car where my daughter would usually sit. And... Um, he just stunk and he was sloppy and I think I pulled up 20 metres short of where he was. He was filthy that he had to walk 20 metres to get in the car. And he got in and he half sprayed me and I was like biting my tongue because I'm not allowed to tell him to get the, out of my car. And I was like, what am I doing? I've got this <laughs> sloppy mess in the back of my car who stinks sitting where my daughter should sit. Yeah, that was that. Like, so you chinned him. I was like... <laughs> Yes, uh, dropped him off somewhere and that was it. And he's never <laughs> been seen since. <laughs> still looking for his bones. No, that's not true, by the way. No, you didn't kill I him. I took no. him to his destination. He yeah. was happy. He might have had a black eye, but he, he got I, I get I, cause then I can, re I can review the, the customers. Oh, yeah. Did you give him a zero? He got, one he got the lowest of the law, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he Yo. gave you. You, you, you will never back. know what he gave you. He might have given you five. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was a five-star driver. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit of modelling you were doing as well. I remember when you were over here, you were, were, you, were you doing Giacomo? Did I make that up? Yeah, no, that's right. Nothing wrong yeah. with Giacomo. Jack I don't know yeah. why I laughed. Is it for oversized people? or no? um, Large men? It is, yeah. Tall or white. Tall, jo tall and Johnny white. Johnny Vegas was uh, Mr. Giacomo, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah. But then Giacomo, he, he Giacomo, Giacomo used me as like they would wanted to move away from that sort of uh, market and mm. they wanted to go into... More athletic, yeah. Mark, so. <laughs> yeah. I did it. Yeah, so yeah, Mark. Obviously, he was he was the pioneer. Yeah, um, but that was great. I really enjoyed it. I was really awkward the first day. Um, Have the modelling days gone though? Now, no, I still do a little bit. I've actually just done uh, done a new brand over in Australia. Because you've got your own brand. Go on, give it a plug. Yeah, I've got um, my brothers and I started our own clothing label called Four B. Is it the Four Burgesses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Thank four, you. Four, <laughs> uh, Did you know that? Mark? No, four I didn't never thought. Four brothers or four Burgesses? Four, four B label works for brothers and Burgesses. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. You're actually wearing uh, some four fluid, B shorts yeah, right there. Yeah, I've you? got some of our shorts on. <laughs> how, how, how much would those shorts cost? Four <laughs> B on the website. Well, currently they're fifty percent off, so um, <laughs> bargain. Forty dollars. You were going to do a bit of agency with Hozzy at one point. Oh yeah, Hozzy and I talked about maybe doing some player agency stuff. We thought that there's quite a lot of uh, snaky player mm. managers in the mm. game mm. who uh, probably grass. don't do the right thing for the players and we were almost trying to make a, a stand but that never eventuated um, I did that oh know. but yeah so I was going to ask you actually did I did a bit of that 
Agency so can, you've got a story yeah. for us, have you, Mark? You, in Mark. fact, Mark's got a story. You, you acted for yourself, didn't I you, did. one time? Did you not know this? No, go on. I've just just did one deal. It was quite good. Who did you get over the line? Myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, at Salford. Salford, yeah. So well, was, well, that was when it was supposed to be a six-year deal, and it was a five. No, it was a three, it was already a three-year deal. Yeah. So then I had done two second in my second year. I signed a two-year contract. The contract was running out, and um, I didn't really have any ambition to leave the club. <laughs> Think wanted me to stay, and they said, "Right, Mark, you've got you're coming up at the end of the season. Give you another two years." Mm. I thought I'm playing quite well, starting every week, contributing a lot. I thought I want a bit more money. So I said, "Oh, I want X amount in three years." They said, "No, no way." So I realised that nobody else probably wanted me, but I thought a bit of competition could drive the price up. Yeah. So my cousin and I were sat in a pub in Oldham, I decided to spread a rumour that I was going to go to Castleford Tigers. Right. So he jumps on, if he joins this fans forum. As Mark Flanagan's cousin, no, he didn't. He called it. Um, was he called the front rower at the cast? Samson, Dean Samson, yeah. <laughs> Dean Samson's left testicle, and spread this rumor. He said, um, "Just seen Mark Flanagan, Dan Weldon Road signing a contract." Then <laughs> before we knew it, this um, this thread had started, and all these cast fans are going, oh, "Shit at him! Don't want him. He might be all right." Blah blah blah. Next week, it's in the papers that I'm going to cast. And then Sulphur got wind and gave me some more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> no, they actually said, we've heard you might be leaving. I said, oh, I can't confirm or deny. Um, and they said, right, we can give you some more money if you stay, but only two years. I said, no, mate, I need three. This other club's offering me three. I can't, can't say who it is, but they're offering me three. And they go, look, you're turning 30 in a few months. We don't give 30-year-old players three-year contracts. Mm. So I said, what about Junior So? And they said, what do you mean? He went, well, it was 30 last week and you've just given him a three-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> they were all right. You can have three years. <laughs> That's amazing. At which That's point, good. at no point, Ian Blees picked up the phone to Daryl Powell and said, "Are you signing Mark Flanagan?" Well, regardless, they still give me. They gave me the money. Yeah. You got, Competition you drives up the price. There we go. There's a lesson for all there you. There you young, go. Uh, so next time you're at Dave, Dave or Channel Five, or whoever you work for, <laughs> ramp it up. We'll do it for me. Yeah, should do for you. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. out of your league. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to John. Well, let's say we're going to John's podcast. John's. Po oh, has, he John, got, has he got? Apparently, yeah. he's got a podcast. Should mention yeah. <laughs> You two are relentless. <laughs> we shouldn't mention it here because then they'll go and listen to John's podcast. Is that it's why he left? Because to go to the other podcast. Good. Yeah, he couldn't get a word in on this one, would not he? <laughs> uh, right, let's finish with some quick fires, Biffa. Uh, the ugliest Burgess is who? Sam. Uh, the best looking Burgess is myself. The richest Burgess. Sam. Oh, actually, no, 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 not anymore. No, no, no. He, he, he made a poor decision with his first marriage. <laughs> um, that. This is so, so, so who's gone to number one? Uh, Tom. Tom. Uh, the best at rugby if you take Sam out of the equation. Mm. Ooh. Mm. What, what kind of a question? Is oh, that come that? on. Uh, I thought it'd be easy. Come Mark, on, you, why don't you answer it? I mean, Oof. George in his peak was unbelievable, Ooh. but then Tom's is, longevity. And then I taught him everything they know. Yeah, so exactly. like, he's a master and apprentice. I need so an answer. I need so, an answer. I'm going to have to push you. See yourself. Uh, okay, I'll say myself. <laughs> the best drinker? Um, myself. I'm a good drinker. Drink I've only been arrested once. The, the most unreliable Burgess? Uh, George. <laughs> George is getting hammered. I <laughs> <laughs> hope he's not listening. Uh, which Burgess would make the best Prime Minister? <sighs> Probably me, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, which Burgess has the biggest head? Have you have you measured that? Oh, uh, can I tell a quick funny story about this? Yeah. So, um, 
Sam and Tom recently had a company come in and do the uh, DEXA scans. Do you know what the DEXA scans are? No. Basically, it scans your body and gives you a full breakdown of muscle mass, BMI, fat mass, yeah. like, like bone mass. And it breaks down like the weight of your head, the weight of your left leg, <laughs> right leg, right arm, torso weight. And so Tom went in and did this test and the girl who was doing the test, she's like, wow. I have never, ever, ever seen anyone with a head that big. <laughs> that is the biggest head I've seen by a long way. And Tom. And it was, it was like nine kilos or something like that. Somewhere around that. And so Sam's gone and been tested afterwards. And she's, she's gone, oh my God, <laughs> your head is the biggest I've seen. Like, she just had Tom in. And then Sam come in, he, he broke he broke the record immediately. I think it was like nine point three or something. Nine point three. So biggest head in the NRL. Uh, Nate Miles. <laughs> Brian Fletcher's got a big head. Just just on the subject of heads, um, I saw Thomas shaved his head. Is he having a hair transplant? <laughs> Can you confirm or deny? Um, he's not having a hair transplant. No. Well, not that I know of. He has shaved his head. He shaved his People head. can shave the head through choice. Well, well no, because... Uh, okay. Um, you, I, just, I was just curious. Right? I don't know why he shaved his head, no. um, but I think he likes it. Yeah, but you don't think he's having a hair transplant. I think he likes yeah. it. <laughs> um, and the last <laughs> one, the longest Burgess in the shower? George? What? Yeah. Like, who's... He has the longest shower. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah he spends the longest time. Right, we'll ask Mark because he had to pay the water bills when I was living with him. <laughs> Fuck, he used to have showers like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Three times a long, day, long, 10 minutes. Long shower. Long showers. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. wonder what you're doing in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sophie I, in there. <laughs> I shampoo twice in condition, it takes longer. Yeah. Um, Luke, we love you. Thank you so much, mate, for coming in because I know right. you, you, you just squeezed us in and, and your little flight back to, that's not a little flight, is it? Back to Australia in the morning. Are you going to pay the bill tonight with Sophie? Uh, I'm not going to see Sophie this time around, unfortunately. Um, so I'm sorry about that, Sophie. <laughs> Should be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Luke, we we're going to go for beers now. We have to have beers because I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. So we're going to go and have some beers. Sounds good. You can come. All right, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> you can come. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we organised yeah, this. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're going right. to the box in uh, Manchester. By the time this goes out, no one will be, we're expecting like yeah, but thousands I just, to be down. I just <laughs> brought DeLorean to I go back in time. I just wanted to mention time. that we're going to a great venue called The Box oh, right. in Manchester. Oh, another plug. Okay. Mm. Uh, how yeah. do people find, how do people, well, what just, is The Box? Just go down Deansgate. Just, yeah. <laughs> down Deansgate. Look for it. a sign. See it on the left if you're walking. It's very vibey. Um, right. Thanks for watching everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Out of Your League. Give us a little follow at Out of Your RL. Five stars. No one's rated us since that guy that you played against in 2009 for St. Helens left the podcast. No one's rated us since then, Mark. We've not had any stars. I, I so haven't read it, so I will so go on and read it. Maybe if you add it, we'll go up to a 5 from a 4.8. Okay. We're still at 4.8. So reviews would be lovely. Even just tell us it's shit. Mm. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.